You're listening to the Women Inspiring Women podcast. Each week, network marketing professional and mom-turned-entrepreneur Melanie Mitro gives you her tried-and-true tips for building a business from your kitchen table. This self-made millionaire went from a stay-at-home mom to the top of a network marketing business in just three years. She built an online health and fitness business from the ground up while raising babies and juggling being a mom and wife. Now she wants to help you become the boss of your own life. For blog posts, business tips, and more, check out her website at melaniemitro.com. Now let's get to the show. Here's your host, Melanie Mitro. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Women Inspiring Women podcast. And I'm so excited that you are back for another episode. And today, it's not just me. You're actually learning from a guest. Now, this woman is incredible. And I met her a few months ago. A mutual friend of ours connected us together. And we set up a Zoom chat, not even really knowing why we were connecting, but we instantly hit it off. I absolutely love her story and her success in the network's marketing space. And she literally has she has grown a impressive $250 million a year business with over 1,600,000 customers. That is insane. And they are proud of their 250 plus leaders that earn six and seven figure incomes inside of their teams. That, my friends, is wild. I didn't even know those stats before she sent me over her bio, but Sarah is just an incredible relationship builder and she really does bring to the table 20 years of experience in the field. And she loves, loves working with people. She spoke on stage at GoPro, the most powerful women in network marketing, the Believe event. She's done mastermind events. um, And she's really just has this incredible story of going from no purpose and, you know, not really knowing why she was kind of here in this direct selling space to being a powerhouse. So I am excited for you to learn from her. We are going to dive in and talk all things recruiting, but not just recruiting anybody, but really how to bring in high performers, people that have this vision of being six and seven figure earners and really talking to people who are hungry for the business. And that, my friends, is a great conversation. I want you to listen for some of your top takeaways, your one-liners, and as you're listening in, write them down. And then I want you to screenshot me and I want you to tag me at Melanie Mitro on Instagram and you can tag Sarah Zalucki as well. And let us know what your biggest takeaways were because there are a lot of nuggets inside of here that you are going to love. All right, let's dive into the interview. All right, everybody. I am here with Sarah Zalecki, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. It's actually a woman that I connected with through a mutual friend in the industry. And I feel like we have so much in common in terms of just the way we think and the way we act and the way we run our businesses in such a professional way. So I'm excited you're here and have accepted the invite to speak on the podcast today. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for having me. And hi, everybody. It's so good to hang out with you. And my gosh, I, uh, what an honor it is to, you know, just spend a few minutes and hopefully just share with you a little bit about my experiences that I've learned along the way. And I pray that you're inspired and you're motivated and you take action with just some of the things that I uh, get a chance to share. Absolutely. You know, I teach on the podcast every week about building your direct sales business, whether it is recruitment or time management, mindset, leadership. And so they're probably sick of hearing from me. And I wanted to, I like to bring in guests. I'm very careful about the guests that I select, 
you know, just making sure that the people are aligned. And I just really align with your business and the practices and of the things that you've shared with me. And I would love for people to get to learn from you today. But before we do that, will you share a little bit of your backstory and how you got into network marketing? Oh my goodness. Okay. So I'm probably going to date myself a little bit. So I've actually been involved in the profession almost 25 years. Like if you ever put me in another job, I don't even know what I would do. I have no idea. And um, I was 21 years old when I first got introduced. And um, I was I was a nanny at the time. Uh, I was living in Dallas, Texas and was nanny for a couple of uh, professional athletes and um, loved what I did. Um, but I will tell you, I still felt like I was just kind of really getting my life started. You know, I was driving somebody else's car, living in an amazing house that wasn't mine, raising two other, you know, raising kids that weren't mine. Like it was like, none of it was, was me, right? I'm originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and you probably can tell from my funny accent. And I moved back home and there I was actually introduced to the profession. And um, it's funny though, you know, you know, we talk about when we first get started, it's kind of like, you know, put together a list, like who would be some of the people that you would think like, oh my gosh, if they, if they saw what you saw, they'd be excited too. Like, who would that be? Well, I wasn't on the list guys. Like I'll tell you that first of all, I wasn't on the list. And um, I was actually kind of, you know, I was dating a guy at the time and he was actually already involved in the company. And he was there for four months and he never talked to me. And his sponsor kept telling him, you have a girlfriend, right? Like you should talk to her. You should talk to her. And I don't know, for whatever reason, he thought I would want nothing to do with this. I don't know if he thought I was too busy or would it be, I, I don't know. I have no idea. And uh, so the first golden nugget I would tell you is that don't prejudge people. Every single one of you guys have a Sarah Zalecki in your world, whether you, you know, see it or not, right? I was, I, I was definitely a diamond in the rough, um, but I was totally prejudged. I was overlooked. And, and the second thing I would share with you is that, you know, it took four different times or it must be like my magical number or something. I don't know, but it took four different times for me to say yes. And it, it was diff wasn't the right timing. Um, I blew them off one time. I think I had to work late. And then finally, like when I saw it and I saw the big picture, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And I have to tell you, I, I was not the skeptical girl. You know what I mean? You know, a lot of times people nowadays are like, I'm so skeptical. I wasn't. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. But, then, but I'll tell you what happened though, is I realized, oh my gosh like this, I gotta, I gotta like do the work. You know what I mean? And, and that's kind of where the hard part came in where I was like, holy cow, like I actually have to, I got to figure this out a little bit. So, you know, it's, it's been an incredible, I call it an adventure. I don't like to call it a journey because journey sounds like so hard and terrible and miserable. Um, yeah. it's been an adventure over the last 25 years. And I learned a lot, um, but I'll tell you, like my first three, it took me three years to bring one person on board. Three years, right? Wow. So yeah. painful. I think for me, it was just like, I had to just figure out who, who is Sarah, you know what I mean? Like, what do I want? How do I want to show up? You know, being, <gasps> being okay with showing up as me right? What, however that looked quirky, silly, funny. And I think, you know, for me, that was a huge part that was kind of a, uh, kind of a springboard for me to where I was 
started, you know, I was able to start recruiting and bringing new people on board and then obviously then building big teams. But I think that one of the big pivotal things for me is I had to show up as me and, and be okay with like me. And once I finally was, then my, my business just totally took off. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot of people. I can't tell I've, as you were talking, I'm going, oh my gosh, I know three, four, five more people that same thing. They came into the business and just sat there for so long before they decided to. So what, what was kind of going through your head? Why didn't you bring anybody on? What was the chatter that was sort of um, replaying I- back then? Well, I think twofold. Number one, you know, I, I was never really the the person that was afraid of failure. Like that's not really me, but I was definitely afraid of success. And I think that I was the person that was like, okay, so if I bring someone in, what if I don't do a good job? Like, what if they don't have success right away? What if I can't help them create a story? What if I'm not a good leader? Like, am I like really equipped? Like if I bring these people in, like, am I ready to actually lead? And so I think I was self-sabotaging for a long time with that. But I, but the second part of that is, you know, I always share with people, I'm like, there's two different dates in your business. There's an enrollment date, right? Mm -hmm. The day that you sign up. And then there is a decision date, the date that you actually do something and like really do something. And I think that for me at that point, I had really made that decision that, okay, like, I'm really going to treat this like a real business, like, not just kind of, you know, messing around with it. And was like, I want to make six figures, like, I want to make seven figures, I want to make eight figures, right. But, you know, it took me a while to actually get to that point, because of those two things. Yeah. So what did self-sabotage look like for, and I know I'm asking you questions we didn't plan, but I just know my audience, I know my audience and, and they're probably going, oh yeah, I'm afraid of success too. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't, are not aware enough of the behaviors that of what is, what are they self-sabotaging? Right. So what were the things you were doing, you know, during that time before you actually started bringing people in, were you showing up to calls and not doing anything? Like, were you inviting? Yeah, I think, you know, I was, I was definitely engaged. I mean, like events are what kept me around. I mean, that's the whole reason I made it. Do you know what I mean? Because it was like, I, I was smart. I was, even though I wasn't recruiting, I was smart enough to stay close to the fire always. Yeah. That was my thing. You know what I mean? So I, I always tell people, I'm like, if anything, like stay around the fire until you become fire. Right. That's really kind of like my, my motto. And, you know, I, I was still fully participating, engaging in calls and, and doing all that and what have you, because I, because I, uh, my personality is like, I have FOMO. So I'm like, I don't want to miss out on anything. Right. And again, I was loving this yeah. environment so much. And again, it was funny. Like I would go to these events and, and, you know, my upline would be like, you know, I, I love it. You've been to like three or four events, but like, you know, that you, you know, kind of like our goal is like, you should bring people with you. You know what I mean? And I was like, right. I know, I know. And, and, and I just was having this, just like the sabotage, like you were talking about. And I think too, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't focused on like bringing in kind of what I call like a players. You know what I mean? I was bringing in people that were, you know, just not motivated. I was, I was bringing in people that were like easy prospects in a sense, right? They weren't motivated. They weren't excited about their life. They didn't have a lot of drive. They weren't willing to work. Right. And so of course I'm bringing in these people and they're like falling flat or it's like, they're not really 
people that are are more like you and I now, right? Where it's like I I run my business like a business, and and I think too that I just wasn't going after those guys because I was afraid, you know, I I was afraid of what are they going to think? I was afraid of, you know, and, and the reality is I found out later on where it's like the more success that someone typically has in their life, like they're the ones that really get this business. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's people now that are crazy successful in all different professions that I talk to about network marketing because they understand multiple streams. They understand the business model. They understand, you know, a side gig. Like they they get that whole world. And I think for, for a lot of us, we're so concerned about what are they going to think that you have people that are walking across your path every day that could be incredible leaders inside of your company if you just said hi and you just said, hey, would you be willing to take a look? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you were, you're doing what the majority of people, they just fill warm bodies. They're filling up their teams with anybody that has a pulse, not necessarily the right people. And they're not understanding why they're not seeing success. And so you have clearly been able to get past that. You have an incredibly successful business now. And you have, I was reading through your bio over 250 six figure earners organization. So that that's incredible. There was clearly a pivotal moment in your business where you said, I am not, I'm done with this. I'm not going to play small. So what did that look like? I would love for you to give some advice to other people that are ready. They're ready to really start bringing in and recruiting, signing up people to their team that have the potential to be six figure earners. So what was that shift? What did that look like? What advice can you give to our listeners? So I feel like the shift Oh my goodness. I feel like the, I didn't feel like the shift for me wasn't just one thing. I think sometimes people think like, oh, it's just that one thing. And that was it. And like forever here I am like that, that for me was like the farthest thing from the truth. It was really kind of just like a, a series of growth spurts, you know, and and the continuous growth. And I think too, when you decide that you're going to be a leader, whatever title, right. Or whatever level that you're at. Right. I think that's where things change too. I just decided that I was going to start leading, even though like nobody was really listening yet because, and I, I think it's important that, you know, you guys have a lot of times you've heard through different leadership, you know, talks about you, you have to be willing to lead yourself first. And I think for, for a lot of people, they're not willing to do that. And, and when I made the decision, like, sir, you have to lead you, you know, I, I think that, you know, a lot of things, a lot of things changed. And I also just knew, like, if I was showing up as my best self, like, what does that actually look like? And I knew too, that, you know, there's really kind of like, three things that I felt that I had, that I think was were important attributes that I needed to start looking when I was bringing people in. I mean, number one, I mean, I was extremely hungry, like I was hungry to do this business. And I, 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 I almost say I was probably starving, not starving because I was was broke. I was just like my I just really wanted this. And I really wanted to make this work. Because quite frankly, I really didn't have any other careers to fall back on. You know, what I mean, it wasn't like I went and had a four year degree, and I was working here or doing that. And, and so I think for me, I was kind of like, I need to I I'm willing to like put it on the line to like really go after it. And I think the second thing 
too, is as I was extremely teachable, I had to find people that were just as teachable as I was and not someone that came in that was a know-it-all or thought they knew it all or tried to reinvent the wheel. It was someone that, you know, literally was like, you plug them into the system and if you say left, they turn left, you know, like that, those are the type of people you're looking for. Right. And then the third for me was, was willing, like I was willing to work. Right. I've been, you know, I've been, I have a work ethic, like a crazy person I have since I was 13. That was my very first job that I had. So, you know, I think those three things, like I, as I am, you know, prospecting and building connections and and having conversations, you know, those are really important um, yeah. because I feel like if, if you don't have those things, it's just, it's going to be hard for someone to continuously push through until they make it right. Having kind of that, just that, you know, resilience factor. And, you know, I also think too, is, you know, the thing that we always hear about Jim Rohn, it's like, you know, you know, focus on becoming attractive, right? Not physically, but spiritually, mentally, you know, all of that. And I think for me, I like, I just deep dove into it where I was just, I was, I was chasing the best version of me, you know, still being authentic, still being the silly me, right. But still showing up as my best authentic self. And you know what happens when you become more attractive? Guess what? You're, you're going to recruit higher caliber people. Why? Because you're higher caliber at that point, right? So every level, like I feel like it in my career over the years, like I'm bringing in better and better and better people just because I'm better, right? Sure. I think, I think that's the thing yeah. that people have to realize. Like if you are bringing in people that you don't necessarily love, like how they are, who they're, I, I would tell you, like, this is kind of a hard conversation, but you got to look in the mirror. Right. They say, they say you recruit who you are, not what you want. Right. That's hard. Yes. Like a, ah. It is. And so it is. that's a wake up, you know, for, for that was a wake up for me where I was like, all right, Sarah, like this has everything to do with you. Like you have control over that, that piece. Mm-hmm. And I just really worked hard on, on growing me and just getting better. I love that. It's so I hungry for success. I'm just going to go back to your point at the beginning. I think about my start in the business and we were backed up against the wall. Mm -hmm. It was like, there was no money. There was no other option success. And there was no one foot in one foot out. Oh, if this doesn't work in six months, I'll go back to this. It was, this is the only option. It was so painful to stay in the situation that we were in. Mm -hmm. I didn't care how uncomfortable the change that I had to go through or what I had to learn in terms of how to have conversations and how to close and how to enroll people because the pain of the current situation was so much, was so much worse. Mm -hmm. So I find that I have a similar situation. If somebody, doesn't have that how do they find that or is it you know like is that a deal breaker if somebody doesn't come in with that natural hunger yeah you can't teach it yeah right yeah. I mean, how do you teach being hungry like think about it even just like as general you're either hungry or you're not like it's not like this is how you need to be hungry like it, it doesn't it's just it no I mean you can't teach it yeah right yeah. I mean maybe if they're I mean I don't know I, I've never been able to teach somebody that. Yeah. I really, I really haven't, you know, I mean, granted, can they come in and can they make a little bit of money? Sure. Are they going to be able to make six figure seven and, and above? No way. Yeah. No way. 
You mm-hmm. have to have that desire, that desire yeah. for something more, that vision for something bigger. And I agree, you have to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And we were having this conversation this morning, actually, about our organization and how that when we're on fire and as we're talking about the business and we're excited about it, that and when we speak up here, we were having this conversation of what should the benchmark be for success? And I said, don't set it down here because if you have that bar low, then, then people are going to rise to just that bar. Like, let's go up here. Let's say this is the benchmark that we want people to come in at. And when you talk like that, everybody rises to it. And it's so easy to focus on all the chatter and all the people that are making complaints, but those aren't the people you want to spend your time with. You want to spend the time with the people that see the bigger vision and run for it. Even if it's a smaller pool of people, you want to run with the people who are matching your effort and your intensity too. Agree. Agree. Yeah. And that's hard sometimes though, as you're growing a team, right? Cause you're so excited to actually just have a team. <laughs> yeah. Right? You're yes. like, I'm excited. I'm like, I'll just take somebody, like give me somebody. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, what happens a lot of times, like you were saying is that it's easy to fall into like the distractions. It's easy to fall into like a couple of negative Nellies, like a couple of, you know what I mean? You, you know, there's always those people on the team that you're like, no matter what, I mean, you could give them a gold brick and they'd like, you know what I mean? They, they like drop it on the foot and then they would sue you. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just like people like that. You're just like, oh my gosh. And so I definitely think that is an art where it's like, you know, inside of your team, like how, how, how do you actually find those people, right? The diamond in the rough. And it really is the, who are the people that are showing up to the calls? Who are the people that are raising their hand? Who are the people that are taking the initiative? Who are the people that are saying, Hey, I need some help. You know what I mean? Or can you give me some guidance or, you know, like I, I just watch what people do, mm-hmm. right. I watch the action that they take. And it's very, it's very, very simple to filter out who, what I call quote unquote, your runners are, which is where, you know, 80 to 90% of your time needs to be spent, you know, as you continuously, you know, grow those teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. It is. It's in, it's, and we get, and I was just having this conversation with my leaders on Wednesday about, you know, oh, they, January, they gave so much time and energy to their team in January and their people didn't reach their goals. And mm-hmm. I, she said, what do I do? I want to take myself out of the, the chat thread with all of these people that I'm mentoring. And she said, they're just not matching my energy. They keep saying mm-hmm. they want it. And, and I said, yeah, you probably need to tell them how you feel that you're feeling resentful for spending all that time and energy. And you probably need to bring in some new people too, you know, and that needs needs to be the focus of where you go. So you have to spend your time. You have to spend your time with the people that are going to match your energy. Otherwise the business will actually suck you down and bring you into a downward spiral too. Oh yeah. I mean, that's when the, that's when you're like, Oh my gosh, somebody remind what, remind me why I'm doing this again. You know what I mean? You have the day yeah. you're like, all of a sudden you're like, I'm not having fun anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but you know, you, you definitely have to be careful because it takes like kind of what I call call like one problem child. And that's like 90% of your time is there. And it's just like, oh my gosh. And, and majority of us, like we're working this while we're working careers, right. Or raising kids or whatever it may be. So the time that we do have, my gosh, like we just have to, you know, make that time sacred time where it's either recruiting, right. Conversations, etc., or, mm-hmm. you know, helping support our, our team. And, and really those two things, there isn't much else else that we should be doing. 
Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about just the act of finding people and connecting with them. When you're, yeah. we're work, we've worked on ourselves. We feel like we're in a good headspace. We're, we're open to recruiting. We're going all in. We're coachable. We're willing. Yeah. Where, what has been, what are your best tips and suggestions for people to actually find and connect with people? Is it online? Is it face-to-face? What does that look like for you? So obviously the last couple of years, it's been all on social media, right? Because of just kind of the situation. But now that, you know, things have opened up, et cetera, we're all out there living our lives again. I, I tell people, I like, don't forget about meeting people, right? Because we still are meeting people every day and, and, you know, cultivating those, those relationships. And I think for me, like my main thing that I do, whether it's online or offline, is I invest in relationships, like, crazy. I mean, I pour so much into building long-term friendships, relationships with people. I, I'm a huge believer in like timing is everything. Um, you know, I've had people that have come in my business seven years later, eight years later, 10 years later, you know, mm-hmm. um, because the timing wasn't right in their life for whatever reason. But I think, you know, I mean, social media is awesome. I mean, I, mean, I think for some people it can be seem scary and daunting, but you know, if you, if you, I look at it just like if you and I were, were talking face to face, like those are the same conversations I have in messenger. It's no different. It really, and, and for some reason, I think people think, oh, it's so different. I'm like, no, it's exactly the same thing. It's just another, you know, medium to do that. Right. So, um, so I love social media just because I mean, you can meet people in New Zealand. Like I live in Minnesota. I could never like meet someone there. You know what I mean? Or Japan or Canada or even West Coast or wherever, right? So so I love that my the my possibilities for leads and relationships and friendships are are I mean are are endless. So but I, I do feel though that it's important I tell people, especially on social media, is that you know, you have to be the person that is putting out more content than you are consuming. Like, and you also have to make a decision. Like for me, I made a decision that social media, I was going to use it to make me money and to build a business. I mean, you got to just be that, that straight up. And and I think for a lot of us, like we're on social media because we're trying to stay connected with Aunt Barb, you know what I'm saying? Or seeing what, you know what I mean? Like our cousin's we're doing at the reunion and saw the new baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why a lot of us are on there. So then when we get involved in direct sales and network marketing and they talk about social media, we're like, ah, and so you just got to make that decision. And I consciously said, I'm going to use this to build a business. So, so for me, you know, do I, you know, do post things and do things about my personal life for sure. But I definitely also talk business. Right. Like I want people to know I'm open for business. I want them to know I'm a business owner. Right. Otherwise, how, how are they going to know? So so for me, I, I definitely love social media, but I'm I'm making connections all the time, whether it's I'm, you know, following a page that I absolutely love and I'm making some connections with other people that love that page. Right. Whether I may be in a couple of really cool Facebook groups and I make some friends in there. Right. Or maybe I'm putting out a reel and I've had a bunch of different people comment and I'm in messenger building relationships. Hi, how are you? Thanks for liking my reel. Right. Just like building that, those, those relationships. I think that it's just, there's so many different ways that, that you can do that. But at the end of the day, like our business is all conversation. Yes. Like it is all conversation and 
you know, I just feel like social media is just such a great place to be able to have so many of those where unfortunately I think sometimes people are like, I don't have anyone to talk to. Right. I think social media really helps that, you know, change that narrative very quickly because there is so many different ways to make connections with people. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that too. I I started running local events and doing events here in my area and realized very quickly while I was also making connections online that as much as I loved events, I kept doing them, just not as many because I could make way more connections online in two to three hours than I could at a three hour event where there were 30 people in a room. And so I really quickly realized the power of consistent messaging and marketing, but it is the conversation piece where it's being genuine. It is genuinely wanting to help other people, not just saying what's in it for me, but how can I serve you? How can I get to know you? How can I touch base with you in a genuine way? Once people know that you're there to help them, not just to sell to them or to recruit them, that guard goes down and people really do start to look at your opportunity and say, well, wow, that looks really amazing. And you're taking these trips and you're traveling and you're creating an income and working from home. They really do become open to it. And it's amazing the people you would never, ever connect with if it wasn't for sharing your life and your business and what you're learning and growing through your social media platforms. Yeah. I mean, I think about where, so I've been with my company and I'll be 10 years in March, right? Okay. I would have never, ever, ever been in this company if I wouldn't have met my sponsor because I met him online. Yeah. Like I met him in in my Facebook inbox, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I would have never, ever. So I, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in, I mean, I look at it this way. I look at it like your business is this big boat, right? And that's totally my Minnesota accent boat, right? So your, (laughs) your business is like this huge boat and, and, and your job is to like have as many, many fishing poles in the water, because the more poles you have in the water, the more fish you're going to catch. Right. So for me, I'm always thinking, okay, so how, how, where, where can I like have my poles? So whether it be a live event, whether it be on social media, right. Whether it be different platforms on social media, whether it be at a networking deal, like my whole thing is I'm just always thinking, okay, so where can I go make connections where I can start building relationships, right? If you're just running around and you got one pole in the water, I'm just telling you, it's that's, that's not a good thing, right? We, we need to figure out how, you know, as fast as possible, let's throw two or three other poles in there so we can help you start catching some more fish. Yeah. So people really need to think, okay, how many, how many poles do I have in the water right now? And I should always aim to get as many poles in the water as possible. And that really says like, this is, these are my opportunities. These are opportunities in progress. Maybe they haven't become anything yet, but we always want to have our poles in the water, which I love that. I love that. Let's talk about Let's talk about mentoring your downline because okay. I think that's really key too. We can become yeah. an incredible attractor, have an incredible brand. I see a lot of women out there that have these powerful, strong brands, but they're not developing a downline and they're signing up people, but they're not achieving success. So what do you feel is important characteristics that a leader, a mentor should have to actually build six-figure earners in their downline? So I, I think about like for, for me personally, I, I think it's important to set people up for success uh, right out of the gate. And that doesn't mean like just throw them in your system, 
You know, I think that's what most people are guilty of. They're like, all oh, this room in the getting started system. And I'm like, no, actually it starts before that. And it's really sitting down and kind of having kind of like what we call crucial conversations with people, right? Because this conversation, what it does is it takes, even though your person signs up in the business, I still feel like even if they join, they're still a prospect. Like how, how do we get them to become a business builder? And it's like, when you have this crucial conversation with them, it, it changes all dynamics. And that's actually where your business relationship starts, mm -hmm. you know, and, and setting the tone for that. And so it's just having those conversations of, you know, letting them know, like, hey, like you're now running a business. You know what I mean? Because some of these people, like they've never had a business before, right? Like me, I, I would go to work, I clock in, clock out, I get paid every two weeks, right? And then all of a sudden I'm in my own business and I'm like, this is amazing. And then I'm like, oh my God, I don't even know what to what do, do, right? <laughs> so you gotta like guide them. You gotta give them some, some good guidance sure. in the beginning, right? So yeah. I think it's the whole concept of like, you gotta manage people's expectations. People ask me, how do I create the stickiness of my of the people on my team? Like all mm -hmm. the personal people that I brought in, it's very sticky because I manage their expectations right out of the gate. You know, okay. I told them they're gonna have good days, they're gonna have bad days, they're gonna have a bad month, they're gonna have an awesome month. You know, there's days that you know you're gonna want to throw the towel in. You know, like I I am careful not to make everything be like absolutely like Pollyanna, right? Does that mean I'm negative? No, but I, but I do, I want to set them up. So then when something does happen where their best friend joins and then they quit, guess what they remember? They're like, I remember Sarah told me this might happen. And it's like, they don't flinch. Like my, my guys, they don't flinch when someone says no, they don't flinch. Cause I tell them, I'm like 90% of the people that we're going to talk to, they are not emotionally going to be ready to say yes. Mm -hmm. But prepare them. Like if you prepare your people right out of the gates and we talk about how many hours do you think you can work, right? Like, what does that look like? How much money would you like to make? Make sure those two things match. If they're like, I want to make five grand this month and they're going to put in one hour, you know, every three days, you know what I mean? Like you, you it, as a good sponsor, you have to sit down and say, Hey, I love that goal. Would you mind if we maybe like, you know, tweaked it to make sure like it matches your hours, right? Or whatever, right? So we can, we can get, because again, you want to set them up to win, to create that story out of the gate. Because obviously that story is everything, right? That's the story they're going to be telling forever. The story that I did my first 60, 90 days in my business, it's, just, I'm still telling that story 10 years later, right? Yeah. So I think mm -hmm. that that whole aspect of just like the, the, the crucial conversation, but also too, those three things I talked about, I'm like, listen, I need three things from you. Okay. Number one, I need, I need, you, you got to stay hungry with me. You know what I mean? Number two, you got to be teachable. And number three, you got to be, well, you got to, you got to be willing, like you got to be willing to put the work in, you know? And then I get them to give me an agreement. Do you agree? And I wait and I tell me, right. And so I think that like this, this whole piece of this just crucial conversation piece in the beginning sets them up versus just like, this is going to be the easiest thing you ever do. Oh my gosh, it's great. And, and people crash and burn, right? Mm -hmm. And so it actually gets them to take the action that you want. And, but it also, it, it has kept my guys around long-term because they're like, she was transparent. She told me what's up. I mean, she's in my corner. I know I can rely on her. We're back to back. You know what I mean? They trust me and we built great teams together. But I think that piece is, oh my gosh, I feel like that is such a missing piece with people. They, they do not do the managing expectations and 
you have to, it's everything in this business. Yeah. Yes. If you say, if you say your business is going to be easy, you will attract people that want easy. Yeah. If you say, this is what's going to happen. It It's going to be challenging. You're going to do things you've never done before or out of your comfort zone, but it'll also be the most rewarding experience of your life if you allow it to be that too. And so the people that aren't afraid of that, the people that embrace that and get excited about that, they're the right people that you want in the room for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. So do you get on the phone with every new person that comes in? Yes. Cause I want to build a relationship with them. Right. I want to, I want to be working with them 10, 15, 20, 25 years later. I think about like, how would I feel? Right. I I want to make that kind of, especially if I've never met them, especially if it's just face to face. Right. right? I mean, I think about even too, like with us, like how different is our relationship? Cause we got on a zoom. Exactly. Versus if I just talked to you on the phone, I mean, it would have, it would have been way different, like way different. So absolutely does it. But, but I think it's important that you have to slow people down to speed them up. Like that is definitely like my deal. And I know it's hard because some people want to come out like hard charging, but I'm just like, Hey, let's pull it back for a second. Let's jump on a zoom. I want to have a conversation. And then two, I think two, they realize she's running a legit real, this is a real deal. You know what I mean? Like this is a, this is a real business. She's not running some like Mickey mouse type of thing. You know, she, she's running a successful multi-million dollar business. But even when like my team was just starting, I still did this. Right. So they still were like, okay, she, she's like really building this thing. Mm-hmm. you know. And so yeah. I just think it just creates a lot of credibility for you. Even if your team is smaller, like I, I've done this you know, for the last 20 years is, is that managing expectation part Mm -hmm. and managing expectations too, on their part, this is what I expect of you in order for us to keep having these conversations. Do you set those kind of expectations in terms of we'll do calls, we'll meet, we'll connect, but this is what I'm expecting of you too. Yeah, definitely. It's like the 50, 50, like you're matching energy. Right. So I'm like, Hey, listen, I'll give you, I'll give you everything that I've got. If you give me everything you're, you know, I'll match you. You know, yeah. exactly saying, if you get 50, I'll get 50, you know? And I also tell them too, I'm like, you know, my, my goal is to help you become independent as, as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my whole thing is like, I want you to, I, you know, I'm going to give you everything that I can to help you figure this out. So you're good. And, and you're like, look, ma, no hands. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got this. And I'm still going to be there to support and cheer, you know, you know, be your, be your cheerleader and be, you know, be a great resource for you and so forth. But, you know, and they love that though, when you're like, you know, my goal is to help you become independent because it independence creates confidence, right? And they're like, I got this, I can do this by myself. Right. So, so I think that that's an important piece too, because I think if you don't tell them that sometimes what ends up happening, you end up babysitting these guys forever and ever and ever. And I think that's why sometimes people get resentful in their business or they're like, I feel like I'm just being dragged around or whatever, you know, as a leader, but it's because you didn't set your boundary. It's because you didn't set your expectation. It's because you didn't set it up properly from the beginning to, you know, to tell them like this, this is how it goes, you know? So you're, you are really promoting independent thinkers from the get-go and you're encouraging that is something that I, that I hear. And I love that. That's such a powerful characteristic in your success. The other part is you don't have any, and I noticed this about you. You don't have any ego 
in it. You're not concerned if somebody does better than you or if somebody decides to go off and do their own, right? right? Like if they are independent, there isn't that weight. You're not, you're not staying here, right? It is, I want you to go out. I want you to be independent. I want then. So there isn't that ego of, oh, I'm afraid somebody might do better than me either in my team too. No, I make money. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, I don't understand why people do that. I think it's so crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, they make you a check. Who cares? Like, let them go out there and crush it like better than you and let them go out there. And I think too, sometimes people get worried about too, when people learn from other people, I'm like, guys, everyone's personality types are so different. Like, I don't care if they go learn from someone and they, and they get better and they go crush it and they create a whole bunch of volume. Well, I get paid on it. Who cares? You know, know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. I'm just like, I, I'm just like, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. But I think the reason too, why there isn't that ego is like, I just know, like in my life, what it was like to create the, my story. And I just am really motivated to help people create their story. Like I just, it just really, because I think about where I was and where I am now. And I, and I just get, I get so excited because I, I just, I'm just like, oh my gosh, if I get to be part of witnessing this amazing transformation for people like that's the part in my life now that I just get so excited about I see people a year later and I'm just like wow you know it's just it's really it's it's uh I just I just I just love it I mean that's my very favorite part of the business yeah Mine too. I love the stories. I love to go back. I, I even love listening to my leaders tell their stories. Oh yeah. Watch where they started to see where they are today and to know what their vision was, what their initial goals were and how those have played out. And, you know, you and I have been in the business. I mean, I've been in direct sales 11 years, so we've raised kids together. A lot of my leaders, you know, yeah. our kids are now in middle school and some in high school and, and it's cool. It's, that is the most rewarding part. And I feel like a strong, a characteristic is just cert is servant leadership. You have to be somebody that genuinely cares about other people, wants them to win, has this heart of what can I do to help you succeed? Mm-hmm. And you know, not what's in it for me, but I know that if I lift you up, it will undoubtedly bless everybody around us because of that too. And that just, that's important as you go into this business is how can I serve and lead others, whether it's through product, whether it's through the business opportunity. And it always comes back around to you in a wonderful yeah. way. Well, I think too, it's also, it's, it's growing, right? So, you know, when I got started in this business, like I didn't have a lot of emotional maturity or intelligence, you know, I, I think it was something that I had to figure out along the way and kind of go through some, you know, rocky times here and there. And I think that's for everybody too, is just really focusing on like the emotional maturity part of the business. Yeah. I think it's just, it's just so important. And especially when you're, especially when you're working with like majority of of women on teams, like it's just having learning how to work with the personalities, the emotional side of the business. And, you know, now for me, I just have really learned how to act and not react in situations and, and all those different things when it comes to growing a team. And that, that has served me well. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely, a lot of personal growth has gone into the past 11 yeah. years, you know, and it's, it's great. Uh, I feel like it helps us with raising our kids and our relationships with our spouse. And gosh, I just, I am such a better human because of this business and this company, you know, that we get to work with, which is cool. Very, yeah, very cool. I, I totally it. agree. 
All right. Well, one final question. If there was anything, just final advice for aspiring leaders who are listening today that are hungry, that are willing, that are focused on being the best that they can be, what would, what advice would you give them as we close out? Oh my gosh. Um, first stop second guessing yourself. Most of us are guilty of that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, most people know what you know, you know what you need to do. You just got to go do it. I would say the second thing is you got to have a mission, right? Any CEO of a company, right? Or any corporation out there, they have a mission. And a lot of network marketers and direct sellers, they have no mission. And so like chasing the money, chasing the rank and all of that is fine, but that's not what's going to keep you around long-term. Like I know what my mission is and you know, like my, my mission is twofold. My mission in my business is to bring moms home and to help, um, also to help women love their bodies again. Why? Because like, I'm a mom, number one, but number two, like I had to learn how to love my body again. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's, it's like in every cell of my body. And so my conversations that I have just how I am every day, like I am very mission driven, um, with that piece. And the mission is, is really going to be, you know, that's the thing that's going to keep you moving through the ebbs and flows. Your mission is going to be what, you know, what's going to keep you white hot in this business and remind you, you know, why you're doing it. It's a little bit different than having a why. I just think that the mission, oh my gosh, like, and people rally around missions, right? They become movements a lot of times. And so um, I just think like that, that piece is just, it's been a really big part for us um, just over the last 10 years of, of growing our business. But you know, I think too, the last thing is like, you know, take your business serious, but don't take yourself so serious. You know, I was always so serious for a long time and people love to be around people that are fun and they're funny and silly and quirky and like, you know, and, and for me, the more I, I just kind of like let my guard down with all of that, all of a sudden all these people started coming into my life, you know what I mean? Because people want to be around that. So, so be careful not to take yourself too serious and cut yourself some slack and Every day when I go to bed, I say, what did I learn, right? What am I proud of? And then the third thing that that I tell myself is like, Sarah, are you better today than you were yesterday? And I pat myself on the back and I start all over again every day. And, and those things have just really helped me just continue to be learning, but also be proud of myself and not be so hard on myself as I, you know, mm-hmm. start this crazy adventure of being an entrepreneur. Absolutely. I love that. I love it. Thank you so much for your time today, for sharing your wisdom, for giving my listeners just some great advice as we are navigating through 2023 and the endless possibilities that network marketing brings to all of us. And my wish is that my listeners took away something that profoundly impacts their business and can help them to take it to the next level. So if people want to connect with you and they want more of Sarah, where can they go to find and connect with you? Oh my gosh. Well, obviously social media, right? Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. But then also you can go to success with Sarah and Tony. And that's my husband, T-O-N-Y dot com. And that's where we can connect and all that good stuff. All right. And I will link it in the show notes for everybody to check out. But thank you so much for being a guest here today. And everybody, I hope you have an amazing week and we'll see you back here on the Women Inspiring Women podcast.